Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now a couple of weeks ago I did a live show where we were discussing how people store their seeds. This made me realise that it was time to go through my seeds and figure out what I want to grow throughout 2023. And because of that, I made some content about it. That's coming up in just a moment. But first of all, let's find out what I've been up to with the first diary section. Today is Saturday the 22nd of October 2022 today. And I have had a day at home. Well, actually, today started off with me being on call. So... As you can imagine, when I'm on call, I can never really plan anything that I want to do. And originally, my thought was I was going to go down the allotment this morning, but I couldn't do that as I got called out. Anyway, when I did get home, I managed to tackle a few things here at home. The first thing that I had to do was cut down the lawn or the grass areas. I haven't used a lawnmower for a number of weeks, and with the wet weather lately, the grass suddenly had grown. So, got the lawnmower out, had to change the batteries a couple of times because the grass was so long, cut that all down, and put all those clippings into the compost bin ready to make compost. As everybody knows, I try and make as much compost as I possibly can because we need it in such big quantities. After that, I went into the vegetable patch area and in one of the beds I've been growing mustard in. As as I've said many times before, this mustard is self-seeded and taken over and I did not complain, but I have been making a bit more room in this area. Now, moving forward, I figured out that this bed is going to be for roots in this coming growing season. So what I wanted to get in here today was some of the shallots that I planted last week down on the allotment. You may recall, I planted out three different varieties of shallots. There was 10 shallots in a bag and I planted nine of each down on the allotment, leaving one to be planted here at home. And that has gone into the ground now. And I also followed that up with some elephant garlic. Now I will be using the elephant garlic that I've grown on the allotment, down on the allotment to build up my elephant garlic down there. But I did order some garlic from the garlic farm this year. And that came with some elephant garlic. And I got that into this bed as well. Basically I want to see just if there is any difference in quality and how well they grow here at home compared to down on the allotments. So yeah, that's what I've done. Got those in the ground, planted up, watered them in, and we'll see just how they get on. Now I continued doing a bit of weeding and taking care of the vegetable patch area and working out just what I want to grow in these beds and coming up with this system. As you know, I've spoken that I'm definitely building one more bed and would like to actually build two more beds on top of that one throughout this winter, depending, of course, on how much the wood costs. Definitely the one will have to be done. I know that much. Definitely has to be done. So I was spent a bit of time just working out what I want to grow and where so I can come up with a crop rotation. Now one bed that I have here is the Christmas dinner bed and this bed is dedicated to all the vegetables that we might need for our Christmas dinner. I've been doing this for a couple of years. It works out quite well but I'm changing it up for next year. 
Instead of growing all our vegetables for Christmas dinner in one bed, I'm going to spread it out across all the beds that I grow vegetables in. So the carrots will be coming from the root bed, as will the parsnips. The cabbage and the Brussels sprouts will be coming from the brassica bed. You get the idea, it's basically going to be treated just like a normal vegetable patch. And instead of limiting myself to one bed for Christmas dinner, we're going to grow it just like normal and just try and make sure we can harvest everything that we need for Christmas dinner on Christmas Day. Hopefully that should work out a bit better, to be honest. I've enjoyed growing it in one bed, but I think we now need to change it up. Now then I went into my workshop. As you may recall last week, I made an elongated dibber for planting out my onions, which I glued the little dibs onto a piece of wood. And as I discovered last week, the glue just didn't hold it into place well enough. So what I did today, I have screwed all the dibs into the piece of wood and that seems like it will be much, much stronger. I'm hoping tomorrow to go down to the allotment and give it a try, but it does depend on the weather because I've heard that we are going to be getting some rather nasty weather coming tomorrow. In fact, I've even seen that we've got a yellow warning, which is why I wish I'd gone down to the allotment today, but being called out just didn't work to plan. Now, talking of the rainy days, as these wetter, colder weather comes in, something that I like to do during this period is start to think what I'm going to be doing over the next year with my growing plants. And that's what I'm going to be talking about right now. Well, I'm in my podding shed at the moment. I'm escaping the rain that is outside. And I'm actually in here because I am planning what I'm going to be growing next year. Now, I love planning. Absolutely love planning. I'm the type of person that would spend hours just making plans for what we're going to do on certain days, etc., etc., and the good thing about planning is that it saves money, which, you know, that is a worthwhile thing. How does it save money, you might be wondering. Well, what I mean by this, if we make a plan of what we want to grow next year, and then we follow that up by going through our seeds, we don't have to rush out and buy what we already have. So this is one of the things that I think planning is essential to save money during this cost of living crisis. Although I love planning, and as I said, I could plan right down to what we're going to be doing on certain days. The risk with planning, of course, is that sometimes the weather may not be on our side, for example. So whatever we have planned to do on certain days may not exactly go to plan. So there is an element of being flexible. But what I'm actually doing today is what do I want to grow over this next year? Now, where I always like to start is to think about what we have grown over this last year. And I've made notes throughout the year. This is one of the great reasons to keep a notebook or an audio as I use. I'm checking over my notes to think about what grew really well for us throughout this growing season. Now, there may be reasons that that grew better than it has done in previous years, for example. Uh, but something that grew really well for us here was our butternut squash. Now, I didn't sow this butternut squash, but it's grown really well. It's produced plenty of butternut squashes. So next year, butternut squash is definitely going on the list. And what I'm probably going to do is save some seeds from this butternut squash to grow next year. 
After that, I always want to think about certain varieties that we have really liked. So acoustic potatoes is a good example. We were really impressed with acoustic potatoes because they, they tasted great. They produced well. So we're going to be growing those again next year. And then finally, the other thing I'm thinking about is what didn't do so well here at the VegGrow podcast. Now, an example of something that didn't grow so well this year would be our beans. We we didn't have a great luck with runner beans. Our French beans not so bad, but they were dwarf varieties. But they did they did okay actually. But our runner beans were pretty poor. Now they, I put this down to this year. So next year. I'm putting runner beans down to try and improve. So we've got our list of things that did well, what we've liked and what didn't do so good. And I break this down also as certain varieties. Added to that, we also want to make a list of things that we want to grow next year. So obviously tomatoes. I'm definitely going to be growing tomatoes. We're going to be indoor and outdoor varieties. And the outdoor varieties have to be blight resistant. So Crimson Crush, Crimson Blush, the Mountain Magic are three varieties that the Crimson Crush is going to give us our standard tomatoes. The Crimson Blush are large tomatoes. The Mountain Magic, the tomatoes that are going to go in hanging baskets. So we've got three varieties of tomatoes that are going to grow outside these are all going down on our list as well and of course i could be here for hours just talking about every single thing that i want to grow next year i'm not going to do that i'm just giving you a rough idea of the things that i'm listing down today but there is a final area and this is an area that i try and do every year where I grow something that I've never grown before. And I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing on this just yet. This is a a difficult one when it's come to seed planning. But what I will be doing is pouring through the magazines, the seed catalogues, try and find something that I've never grown before. I thought about going back and trying things that I've had little success with. Okra is an example, as is quinoa, both of which I want to grow next year. But reality is something new is something I'm really struggling to think of at the moment. So if anybody's got any ideas of a new variety or a new vegetable that I can grow, I would really appreciate that. Let me know at richard at uk. Right, I am heading down to the allotment tomorrow, so please meet me down there for the next part of the diary. Well, today is the 22nd of October, 2022. It's a Sunday and I am down on the allotment. Love my allotment. I've got to admit, we had a bad weather, a yellow warning coming yesterday for the weather today. And yesterday was quite a nice day, but I got called out. Today I haven't been called out. But when I woke up this morning, it was absolutely hammering it down with rain a lot of rain was coming down and I seriously didn't think I would be able to get down to the allotment at all we just thought it's going to be too wet in fact it was so wet that while I was here a BMW drove past my plot and I nearly got stuck in the mud and that doesn't normally happen at this time of year so yes very very wet this morning but by about 10 o'clock the rain actually stopped I was looking on the weather report and saw I had a few hours I was able to get down to the allotment and actually it's been an incredibly hot day. So I ran down to the allotment 
And the first thing I did was just got the strimmer out and tried to strim some of the grass areas, cut the grass down. Just because, well, I always feel that strimming the grass areas just makes a lot of difference to how the allotment looks. I would have brought the lawnmower down, but I didn't think it would be possible. Plus, with it being so wet, the lawnmower would probably mulch up and get stuck. So we didn't bring the lawnmower down. We'll save that for another day when it's a little bit drier. Now when I'm doing this, I'm always looking around and seeing just what is going on. So one thing that I've seen, like my peas are really starting to show themselves and uh, they need a good weeding, but we just need to get some pea sticks in there. And things are starting to die back as we go into the winter, which is expected. But it also means that this is going to be a good time to really start looking at what we can do and planning what our jobs as we go on i've got a good idea of what i want to do as no doubt you know, i've spoken about before and we'll be talking about a little bit later on now after that i went to the garlic bed and with the view to plant out my garlic yesterday i fixed and improved upon my elongated dibber and it worked i got my garlic into the ground the bits didn't fall apart because they're screwed in place it has stayed so I will be using this dibber again in the future, but I'm going to be improving it. Now, because the garlic has gone into the ground at 10 centimetre intervals, it's a little bit close. 10 centimetres is fine for onion, but garlic just likes a little bit more. And this might be where I adapt it for next year. I make a, a one dedicated for garlic. But what I have noticed is that usually when I plant out my garlic, and the elephant garlic as well, it takes up the entire bed but actually it's used up about two thirds of this bed. So I'm very happy because I have a bit more room that I might be able to get something like leaks in, in the future. So I cannot complain about that. It feels good to get the garlic in the ground. As I say, the garlic has gone in at 12 centimeter intervals. The elephant garlic, 30 centimeter intervals, a bit bigger, but they're in the ground. So very, very happy. And hopefully that's gonna encourage them to grow. Now I went up to where I got Brussels sprouts and purple sprouting broccoli growing in the bed next to the garlic. And I noticed I had one single caterpillar which I've removed and popped into the compost bin. Quite surprised at that because it seems like the wrong time of year but this weather has been so balmy this year that this caterpillar obviously feels it can survive the bad weather. But one single caterpillar which has been removed but I was also checking out my Brussels sprouts and we've got some good looking Brussels sprouts that pretty much are nearly ready for harvesting so very very happy with that. The onions that were planted out last year haven't really done anything didn't expect them to but they are in there and growing nicely. Now I mentioned the peas earlier and I noticed that they were growing quite nicely. And I, I gave them a good weeding. They do need a really good weeding. But the peas that are growing there nicely do need some sticks, which I, I've got to find and I didn't get around to doing today. But I added some more pea seeds into this bed. This bed is just going to be for growing peas over this growing season. So I wanted to grow as many peas over winter as I possibly can so I can get them stored up and ready to go. So more peas have gone in, very happy with that. But also in the next bed, I've planted out a row of broad beans. I always grow broad beans over winter. These have gone in at 20 centimetre intervals, about five centimetres deep. Just dipped a hole, dropped the seed in, backfilled and watered. Don't think I'm going to need to water because the rain is going to come in soon, looking at the weather. But broad beans 
are now sown. I always like to grow these over winter. I get much better results growing these over winter. Less black fly and earlier crops. Again, this bed, I've only put one row in, but this bed is going to be full of broad bean seeds over this coming season. All exciting stuff that is finally starting to come together. And I'm really, really happy and excited for how this growing season is already starting to come together. Now I'm going to head home in just a minute because it's about to rain and something I like to do when it's raining is sort my seed collection out. So meet me back at home and we'll discuss that. Well as predicted it is absolutely bucketed it down again came back from the allotment and i'm back in the podding shed and because it is raining and i still have a bit of time i want to go through my seed collection now i try and every year go through my seed collection and work out what is worth keeping and what isn't worth keeping and this is where writing that list i spoke about earlier really does pay off so i'll get into that in just a moment first of all what i i do I empty all my seed packets out of their various boxes and I try and place them in their individual piles. So asparagus would be a pile for asparagus, pak choy would be a pile for pak choy and so on. Now I have well over 2,000 packets of seeds at the moment so you can imagine this does take quite a while. But as I'm going through them, what I like to do is just check the sow by dates on the back of a seed packet. And I haven't got a packet or a label and I don't know what the seeds are, they go straight in the bin. If they are old seeds and gone past their sow by date, now this doesn't mean that they can't be sown. It just means that in experiments with the seed company, the viability of the seed hasn't proven itself to be good enough for them to guarantee germination. I hate waste, so I don't really want to waste compost, time, water and trying to grow these seeds when they probably are not going to come of anything. So instead, what I do, if I can use the seeds of microgreens, I will add them to a microgreen pile. If I can't use them for that, they go in the bin. Now, people will know I hate waste, as I said earlier, but I'd sooner throw the seeds away than them not be viable and waste compost and water etc etc trying to grow them that that's my caveat here at the moment like i say i have hundreds of seeds i believe you can actually donate seeds to certain charities when they are out of date as another option but again i feel with the amount of seeds that i have here i'd sooner donate seeds that are in date now if the seeds are all sorted out into their individual piles and all in date so therefore should be viable we're going to put them back in the boxes. Now, this is something that I often spend a lot of time debating. Many people just throw their seeds in an old tin box, such as what sweets come in at Christmas, etc., etc. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great way just keeping your seeds. The tin works very well at protecting the seeds. But for me, one, I would need a lot of seed tins to hold the amount of seeds that I have. But two, it's just not very organised for my liking. So what I do, first of all, I have a box for microgreens and they, all the microgreen seeds go in that. And I try and organise it so the ones that need using up first go towards the front. So I use those first. We have another box for flowers. I don't grow many flowers, but I do sometimes get seeds. So that goes in a completely separate box. 
We have another box for beans and peas. I end up with lots of beans and peas because they're quite big plants, so they go in another box. Another box for herbs. Now, this box for herbs is a type of box that seems to be doing the rounds quite regularly. I got it from Hobbycraft, but they are available on Amazon as well. And I've added a link to that in our show notes. It's called a craft storage box. And what it's basically designed, it's a, a largish box with handles. You open up and on the inside, you've got these smaller boxes that are designed to hold photographs. But sea packets fit lovely inside. And because there are 16 of these smaller boxes inside one, what I've done is, again, I've organised each box for each individual herb. So basil goes in one, thyme goes in another, coriander in another. And I've kept that alphabetically organised. So, yeah, nicely organised in my opinion. And then finally, I've got a rather large wooden box. Now, the boxes that I've mentioned before for the beans and the flowers are these wooden boxes that I get from a high street shop called The Works. But this larger one I got from the same place. It cost me £10 for the box. And it's a nice size, I find, for keeping seeds in. It's a decent sized box. It's got a latch on the front. But what I did do is, um, this was during 2020 when we were in lockdown, I brought this box, I sprayed the, the outside green and I stuck some labels using Mod Podge, a type of glue, on the outside as well so I knew it was the veg seeds. And then I used this Mod Podge to seal it all in so that it's lasted and it's nice and protected. And then on the inside, I've cut little pieces of plywood and made it into sections. And these sections are, are fitted to fit seeds within them. It's given me three rows of seeds on the inside. And then all my veg seeds have gone in there. As I said, when I was organising these, I keep them in their certain varieties. And I've tried to keep them inside this box in alphabetical order as well. So asparagus, obviously, right at the front, right the way going back A, B, C, D, E, F, G, so on and so on. And in each individual variety, so asparagus is the example, again, I've used a seed that needs using up first towards the front. Now, as I've been putting these back in, I have been cross-referencing with a list that I made earlier about seeds that I want to grow for 2023. And as I'm going through them, I'm ticking off any seeds that I already have. When I've completed, what I will then see is what seeds I need to buy in. And the good chance I won't actually need to buy many seeds in because I probably already have them here. This is where the money saving side comes in because there's no point buying seeds if you've already got them. That's my way of looking at it anyway and I'm sure you will probably agree with me. Once all the seeds are organised in their individual boxes I then place all these boxes inside an old fridge that I keep inside my shed. Now I use an old fridge because it's a insulated box. It keeps a constant temperature in there, it's protected from rodents, it's just a great way of storing seeds and this is one of the biggest tips I can have for you if you are able to get an old fridge to keep your seeds in. Now added to that I should also say that a lot of people also keep spreadsheets for their seed collection that they often write on the spreadsheet and keep a track of what seeds they have, when they can grow it etc etc. I am useless at spreadsheets so I don't use spreadsheets myself. I'm a firm believer in keep it simple. I know at certain times a year 
based on the weather as well, I can sow what seeds. So whenever I'm looking to sow seeds, I just go to my box, go to where the seeds are going to be, find the seeds I want to sow, sow them and move on. That's my system. If anybody has a system that they use, then please do let me know. My email address is richard at uk. Right, I am going to run indoors, dodging this rain quickly. And uh, it'll be Monday tomorrow, which means we've got one final diary section, including the kicking section, to talk about. Well, today is Monday the 24th of October 2022. I believe I made a mistake in yesterday's diary section and said it was the 22nd. So apologies for that. However, I got home from work about half five this evening and pretty much by six o'clock it was getting dark. The evenings are certainly drawing in. I know this coming weekend we're going back an hour, so we get a little bit more light in the evening for a period, but not for very long. It's a bit sad to suddenly find ourselves in darkness when we get home, but that is the joys of uh, the, the winter time here in the UK. Now, uh, last night, I do a live show every Sunday at 6pm GMT on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. And something that I do tend to do now is I sow seeds to create like a, a grow along. Now, last night, I sowed some aubergine seeds on this live stream. Now, I, when I was sorting out my seeds, I discovered these aubergine seeds that need to be used up. So I figured, you know what? that's what we're going to use up on this live show. But what I also discovered this week, and I read this in a, a an article somewhere, aubergine seeds can also be sown during October and November to get a bit of an early start. Chilies need an early start, and I've spoken about those before, because they need a long growing season. So an aubergines fall into that same category of needing a long growing season. So I figured we'll give it a go and just see how well these aubergine seeds germinate and grow this coming year. If we get some good germination, it might be what we do every year from now on. I do struggle with aubergines or eggplants as they are otherwise known. But uh, trial and error as always. As always on a Monday, I talk about something that I've been cooking. And this has been a, a question that I've received quite a few times. Is how do I make my vegetable stock? And for me, this is actually quite a good question. It's something I find incredibly easy to do. But the added advantage with how I make my vegetable stock is that it uses waste materials. So what do I mean by that? Well, if I'm peeling potatoes those potato peels can go into a bag into the freezer until I need to make stock. Also, the shells of peas when we harvest our peas. The skins of any vegetable, the tops and tails of carrots, the bits of onions that don't get used, all those sort of vegetable pieces that would otherwise go into the bin, we store up. And then when I want to make some stock, I put all these vegetative materials into our slow cooker add a bit of water and a few herbs and then just put that on a low setting for a few hours for it to become a lovely vegetable stock now this vegetable stock can of course be used in a great number of things making soups etc etc so it's very versatile and it's a great thing to just 
Got a quiet Sunday, make up a load of stock and keep this in your freezer. This is a big tip. If you are into your cooking, make your own stock. It will be worthwhile in the long run. Plus, using these waste materials, it means it doesn't cost us very much money. And in fact, it saves us money by not having to buy stock in. So for me, a big tip there. Well, that is it for this week. I hope you have enjoyed this week's podcast. If you have, then please do consider leaving us a review on your podcast service. If you have really enjoyed this podcast and you would like to support it, then please check out our merchandise that we sell on our website at vegroundpodcast.co.uk or consider becoming a member of my supporters club. As a member of my supporters club, you get extra behind the scenes podcasts that give you a bit more information into what I'm up to and why and also what I'm thinking and things like that. Added to that I also send out a collection of seeds each month that can be sown that very month and I like to think that we are sowing these all together so please do consider becoming a supporting member. It really does help keep the website running and all the costs that go involved with running everything under control. Now, if you want to get in touch, then please do feel free to email me, richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. We have a voicemail service if you would like to leave a voicemail. Again, that can be found at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. Just click leave a voicemail and it'll access your microphone and you record just like you were leaving me a voicemail on our phone. And of course, you can find me on social media. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. Well, that is it for this week. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care.